This is Rock and Roll English. Real people, real English. Here's your host, Martin Johnston. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Rock and Roll English. Episode number 274, baby. Oh yeah. In today's episode, we have a new podcast guest today. Now, this was originally going to be one of the other podcasts, let's say. The ones I record with other teachers, podcasters, etc. But this particular conversation was and is so R&R that I thought let's use it as a normal R&R Monday episode. Also because I'm doing a training course in Cambridge at the moment and don't have time to record another one But that's not the point because it really is a truly rock and roll conversation. Lots of stories, lots of laughs, lots of great stuff. So in today's episode, I talk to John from John's English page, who I found on Instagram because his posts are absolutely hilarious. Plus, he is English, an English teacher and lives in Italy. Does that sound familiar? Because, of course, I am English, an English teacher, and I used to live in Italy, although that almost still hurts me to say that. I still feel that I do live in Italy, but never mind. So anyway, yes, John and I have a lot in common. So I was very excited to talk to him about the differences between England and Italy. Now, I know I have spoken about this before, so I tried to focus on other things, different things that I haven't spoken about before. Sure, there is some overlap, but lots of new stuff and new stories. And I just quickly want to say, although we both laugh and make jokes about things in Italy, we also laugh and make jokes about things in England. But Obviously, John and I both absolutely love Italy. In fact, at the very end of the episode, John mentions how these differences are what makes him truly love Italy. Now, the very end of the episode, only members will hear because we recorded this conversation and it was and is 40 minutes long. So sadly, I can't make a 40 minute transcript for one podcast. So I have divided this podcast into 20 minutes today and the rest in the members area because otherwise it would kill me. So yes, we both do absolutely love Italy and all the differences. And speaking of these differences, not just between England and Italy, between all countries. These are what truly make life great and what is fantastic when we are in this international environment speaking to other people. So let's enjoy them and laugh at them together. So here is the episode where we discuss flip-flops in winter. Remember, flip-flops are beach shoes, let's say. The meaning or not meaning of the word summer, school holidays, happy Sundays, the difficulty of changing your habits and dangerous sandwiches. So here is the episode. Happy listening. So hello, John, and welcome to Rock and Roll English. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Um, You caught my attention on Instagram. I'll obviously put links to John's stuff in the show notes. But um, yeah, you really caught my attention with your... 
um, videos with Luigi, um, which is a kind of fictional character that you that you made. But it reminded me of so many interactions I've had with um, my students. So um, I thought, well, we could talk about the whole Italy thing because you have been living in Italy for quite a while, haven't you? I have actually, yeah. I've been here since 2003. I mean, I thought I was Mr. Italy, but I mean, you've blown me out of the water. So nice vocabulary there. Like you've easily won this competition. I didn't know it was a competition, but apparently it is. And you have definitely won. 2003. Yeah, I don't mind. You can be called Mr. Italy if you prefer. That's (laughs) I must admit, no one's ever called me that. I, I don't. No, you named yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not sure if that will stick that name, mm-hmm. uh, but we will have to see. So, two thousand and three, and you live yeah. in the south as well, um, although not as south as where I was living. So, I think I, I think I have won really? that competition. I was in Sicily. That's more south, ah. surely. Yeah. Well, yeah. I suppose it depends where in Sicily. Where mm. were you in Sicily? I was in Palermo. Okay. Yeah. It's more or less the same, I think. Yeah. Right. Okay. Damn. Yeah. I thought I thought I had won at least one of these competitions. Mr. South. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So you're in uh, Reggio Calabria, yeah. Yeah. Which, for the non-Italian listeners, it's it's maybe like let's say the toe of the boot that's kicking the ball, which is Sicily. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like on the toe. It's like the toenail. Well, the like toenail. The, <laughs> the dirt under the toenail, <laughs> on the toe. It's such a lovely way to describe it. Um, the only time I've actually been there, I went for a teacher's conference and I had to um, give a presentation as well. And I was talking about um, using stories in English lessons, lots of teachers yeah. there. And I just vividly remember looking at the audience of people. There were only about 30 or 40 people there and about 50% of them were actually sleeping um because really? it, it well it'd been a long well my excuse was it, it had been a long day traveling to arrive there and it was late in the day and yeah i would say 50 yeah. percent of them were were actually sleeping so it was not, a, not real, a boring presentation or, no, definitely no. not was the, was the best <laughs> ever um so yes yeah, so obviously you've got even more experience of living in italy than me so i thought we could talk about some of the things that maybe So we find strange, like um, obviously like being British, living in Italy and things that they find strange about us, because I found that it never really stops um, these things. And one thing you actually brought to my attention in our pre-podcast chat is how um, Italian people say uh, buona domenica, which means like have a good Sunday. Um, which is a, a very strange thing, especially as some people say it to you on a Saturday. Have you? Have you? Yeah. Have you come across this? Yeah, I have. It, it throws you, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it's a bit confusing. A- absolutely. Some lovely so, vocabulary again there. It throws you, as John said, it really does confuse you. The, the first time I heard that, and someone said to me, "Like, have a good Sunday," and I was thinking what fucking day of the week is it? I thought it was Saturday. <laughs> well, you you, could, you make a really bad impression by correcting them, don't you? So they say, Buona Domenica, and, it, and you say, it's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking <Yeah>. you're clever. <laughs> exactly. And then very 
quickly ending up with egg on your face looking stupid um yeah. but yeah no that is definitely a strange thing i think it's just so sacred isn't it sunday in italy yeah. it's so such a special day well also martin it's probably to do with the fact that here they tend to think of the week the working week as a six-day week rather than a, a five-day week in that's the impression that i get so maybe it, sunday is more important yeah so for example i mean the biggest example of that that jumps to my mind of the six-day week is school they have school on Mm -hmm. saturday not all schools um i I don't really understand how it works but lots of schools go to school on saturday i mean i couldn't think of anything worse than that as a child teenager going to school on a saturday it's a crime (laughs) against humanity it it is it really is but on the flip side of that something else i have on my list and i saw an article recently that for the summer holidays they it's the longest in europe because they get basically three months off they finish on like the 10th of june and go back on about the 10th of september that i mean that's like a quarter of a year that's mental it's madness but um i I, as a kid i can imagine that must be an amazing thing i mean for a teacher, you know, having three months off is already, uh, you know, an absolute luxury. For a kid, it must seem like eternity. <laughs> three months. In fact, this is what I think, because when when I was at school, I'm sure it was the same for you in the UK. You normally get like six weeks off, don't you? Well, you did. I think it's shorter now. Yeah, I think I heard that as well, actually. But yeah, so like, let's say in our day, six weeks. Yeah. And I remember going back to school, like seeing people and being like, whoa, like I don't even recognize you almost. Like you look so different. They're all grown. <laughs> yeah, like different hairstyle, new bag. and just Beard. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's just the girls. <laughs> uh, exactly. But so what must it be like after three months? It must be like, who the hell are you like because yeah yeah, after just six weeks which is like half of that time I already couldn't recognize people so you got back to school and you'd forgotten how to write (laughs) after six weeks imagine after three months exactly and I'd actually forgotten about that I do actually remember that feeling of just sort of like how do I use a pen because yeah obviously especially as a child I mean, what else would you be writing for? Like, you're just, you're just out playing, doing stupid stuff. But yeah, three oh, I used months. to spend six weeks writing in the summer, uh, Martin. <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And- Actually, funnily enough, as a, as a teacher, um, I've seen what happens when they have three months off. And, right, okay. Uh, it, it's not pretty sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you spend uh, the rest of the year teaching them how to speak English and then come back in from September and October really it's everybody's forgotten everything <laughs> back back to square one again so yeah. yeah back back to the starting point yeah I've, I mean I hope though that I haven't worked this out but they make up the hours for the Saturday school thing that's all I can hope but like I said three months is is a bloody long time um, well I, I, the, the year in general uh, here does tend to um, work in that way. You have like everybody stops in August. First of all, mm. that doesn't happen in England. No. So here, it's you know, if you ask anybody to do anything here in June or July, 
they'll say um, uh, ormai uh, ottobre, uh, or the, which means basically, uh, you know, now you have to wait until October or September. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the, yeah, the whole concept, I think maybe it might be connected to the weather that, that like you said, initially they say, like, let's just wait to after the summer now, because you've got this yeah. big event in the middle. But in England, I think maybe because the weather's so shit that the, the concept of summer just doesn't really fully exist. It's just a word. Yeah, it's just a word. That's all. It doesn't mean anything. It's, it's literally just a word. It's a false promise. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I I must admit, again, so I lived in Italy for like 12 years, um, and this is my first summer, I suppose, in England. Mm-hmm. And, again, I th- I remembered it being much better than this because I think again when I was a child I was probably outside playing so even if it was only like 19 degrees for me it seemed really hot because I was outside mm-hmm. playing and stuff but it really is shit the weather here <laughs> like it it really is bad it I I always tried to defend my country when I was in Italy and say like no the, it, you know the weather's not so bad the food's not so bad but I must admit now I'm starting to to regret both of those well, I, I do actually, well, up until before COVID, BC, whatever you want to call <laughs> BC. it. Uh, yeah. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> very nice. And for, for people that aren't familiar with that, that's obviously a play on the words of BC before Christ. But now mm. we can definitely use that before COVID. Fantastic. I'm definitely yeah. going to steal that. Yeah. Yeah. So before COVID, I used to take groups of teenagers to England to do like a study holiday for two oh, right. weeks. And that would give me a taste of the British summer, which served a couple of purposes. Firstly, it made me remember why I'd moved to Italy (laughs) in the first place, Um, in terms of people's attitudes. um, Everybody just seemed so miserable and petty. I don't know, maybe living in in Reggio Calabria, where a rule has the same sort of uh, value as the British word summer. (laughs) It just doesn't exist. Um, I would uh, go back to England and everybody seemed to be really attached to rules. But in terms of the weather, I found myself often very hot, but always having to wear clothes because it was either raining or windy or changing every two minutes. Um, And it's just depressing, really, because you're constantly feeling hot and you always seem to have things on you and you take them off and then it's too cold and you just don't know how to dress. Exactly. Whilst in Italy, and again, you actually have like some people do the change of season, don't they? Like you get rid of your winter clothes. (laughs) Cambio stagione. Yeah, exactly. And when I had a very, very small apartment, I actually did this because the wardrobe was so small. And then I took the winter clothes and put them in a suitcase under my bed and then put my summer clothes in there. And then I told my friends in England about that once because I can't remember how it came up. And I said I had to move my summer clothes and they were like, what the fuck is that? Like what? What? Like it just—it's just the concept just does not exist. You can't even translate it, no. No, I—I um, I wouldn't wear a pair of socks basically from like like easily June to like September, even like May. Just socks mm-hmm. are just a waste of time because yeah. you're just unless you've got like obviously a formal event, but otherwise socks and even jeans like you just would just would not wear a pair of jeans because it's too hot whilst pretty sure I, I i'm still going out in jeans now it, um mm-hmm. 
because otherwise, yeah, it's it's like you said, you you're actually cold. Um, but something you touched upon there that I, I want to talk about. Um, you said you took these kids back to England for like two weeks study, yeah, like trip thing. Now I've heard about these where it's just basically kids going there and doing anything but studying and like <laughs> drinking and taking drugs and can't, i can't say that because <laughs> that that was my business so you know i have to say it, it depends who takes them uh, martin right okay i'm just um mention this because one of my uh close friends my colleagues um from when i worked at school he always did this i always refused basically mm-hmm. because what he had told me and he told me he had to actually stay on camp with them and yeah. he said that people were like knocking on his door at like three o'clock in the morning for things that I, I mean one thing that I thought was hilarious he said like a 13 year old girl knocked on his door to tell him that let's say women's problems had started for her and she didn't know what to do <laughs> and so that was, that was my, the first time the first time and she didn't know what to do and she was looking for help from my friend uh who was and is male yeah hasn't changed (laughs) no and i don't think he knew what to do either as i wouldn't well i know what to do but i'm not going to do it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so yeah but you you didn't have that um not that specific problem no (laughs) um there were various problems that we did have but nothing not not that particular one but uh, yeah it's not easy though it's not easy Okay. You know, 20 teenagers yeah I, I i can definitely imagine uh, we've actually got a lot more fixed on just even the summer here we could have just had a whole podcast about the italian summer but one of the other things so this thing about wearing flip-flops um <laughs> because in england and my wife always says this how english people love wearing flip-flops and i must admit here i do see people wearing flip-flops when it's like 14 degrees and i do think why are you doing that what what is the point um i i always wore them in the summer but in italy well it's certainly in sicily if you're wearing flip-flops it means you're going to the beach and mm-hmm. i often had people say to me are you going to the beach when i was mm-hmm. like no i'm i'm going out for I'm dinner going to the post office <laughs> <laughs> or or that exactly yeah. um which i always found very annoying um is, is this is this the same for you do you like the flip-flops have you gone into the italian style of because i noticed lots of my male friends like if we went out for dinner in the evening they would think right i'm gonna wear jeans and shoes and socks and yeah. i'd be like what it's crazy why it's only yeah. like dinner with me i'm not important so why uh it's a good question i i yes i, I think in some respects i have sort of right. fallen in but it's, I, i've been here for so long that it's almost difficult to remember what it was like before you know mm. um I mean, so, yeah, I used to, I know I used to wear flip-flops all the time. Um, I knew I couldn't wear them to the school if I was going to teach there. That wasn't that extreme. But a couple of times people had pointed out to me why you're wearing flip-flops when you're walking down the road. You know, it didn't even seem like a a valid question to me. It's just hot. And that was that, you know. Yeah. But it'd be like October or something (laughs) and I'd be walking down the road in flip-flops. But, you know, eventually, if enough people say it to you, you start to get a bit paranoid and, you know, it's like new rules. And, you know, eventually, over the years, you kind of, 
change your habits i suppose yeah, well i think you're totally right another example of that for me is um the thing of like if you eat and then you get in the sea then you're going to die basically oh god <laughs> that's that's what um i had never heard that at all and so i got to italy and i had something to eat and i was gonna get in the sea and then the person i was with said like what are you doing like you this is like having a gun to your head like no and i was like what and and for the first few years i was just like saying like oh like don't be so stupid but then mm-hmm. towards the end I wouldn't go near the sea after I'd even had like a sandwich or an ice cream right. because I thought, and one time I did, a, an English friend that I was with made me, said, look, don't be stupid. Let's get in the sea. We're not. And I honestly thought I was going to die. Like the, for like, I didn't sleep that evening because I was thinking this is it. This is, this is the end. But so yeah, waiting I, for it to happen. <laughs> it's just a matter of time now. Before. Exactly. Have you heard that one as well? Yeah. And I, and I do nothing but make fun out of mm. them. Although, you know, you always find yourself outnumbered. But the thing is, everybody, everybody knows somebody who knows somebody who died. <laughs> you know, I've checked all the newspapers. I've listened to all the, I've never seen anything official, but everybody knows somebody's cousin who had a sandwich, um, <laughs> stepped in a puddle and just exploded. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. And it actually reminds me of when I was a child in England, um, there was a swimming pool um, near us and there was like the diving boards mm-hmm. and you had like, you had three. So you had the the one that was the same level as the water, you had the middle board and the top board. And there was always someone that said they knew someone that jumped off the top board, landed mm-hmm. on their belly, so their stomach, yeah. and then their stomach just burst open and yeah. everything just came out. All um, the sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> All the sandwiches just just came out. Uh, which yeah, I again I never saw that, but that also made me scared of jumping off the top diving board because I thought yeah. I don't want Well look, I I, I I heard it all the time and I used to make fun of them and I would you know, I even went to the lengths of, of Googling it and looking for uh how much it's bullshit and stuff. But the trouble is that you find the more that you look at these things, the more that the sort of these what we call old wives' tales, don't we? Right. You okay. Know, this yeah. sort of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but very often they do have some sort of bearing on the truth, and I think Italians generally are much more in touch with this kind of like uh, um, intuitive side of life and nature. And mm. in Britain, we've forgotten all that. And you know, old wives' tales start with a kernel of truth. And then they get exaggerated, you know, yeah. and we're kind of stuck there, aren't we? That it's all exaggerated and we don't believe any of it. Whereas the Italians hold on to that kernel of truth. And if you trace it back, you might find some evidence uh, which will back up some of the claims. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and another one of these things actually is um, a thermometer. So like to measure mm. your, your body temperature. Now, when I came to Italy, I had no idea about body temperatures what's acceptable what's not acceptable um whilst when i was living in italy anytime like i was sick or anyone was sick they always well if anytime anyone else was sick they would have a thermometer and when i was sick they said like do you want a thermometer and i was like uh-huh. for what yeah and because i think it's so it's 38 means you have well they call it like febbre so fever yeah. um yeah. 
And then once, once, as soon as that hits, I can't help thinking about it. Oh, no, sorry, John Travolta every time they say, Oh, right, fever. okay, <laughs> Saturday night fever, Saturday right? night fever. <laughs> um, but as soon as that hits 38, then it's like you can just just fall on the floor and say, like, yeah. I can't do anything. I, I specifically remember being at work and someone, someone was not feeling very well, had the thermometer every five minutes, checking. And then it got to 38 and then she said, right, I need to go home now. Yeah. But I was thinking, yeah. but five minutes ago, you, you were here and you were okay. But just because yeah. that says 38. But, yeah. um, but again, at the same time, I do that now. I have a thermometer and my because obviously my wife is Italian. And mm-hmm. so I think I've just been so influenced. But so now I do that. I If I'm feeling sick, I'm like, give me the thermometer. Oh, it's 37.8. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. 37.9. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm fine. Oh, 38. Oh, that's it. <laughs> so that's all we have time for in today's episode remember if you want to listen to the rest of the episode the next 20 minutes you can do that in the members area the rock and roll english family which is the members area of the podcast and where there are also more than 900 extra episodes remember membership is closed but when i have to do this and stop the podcast early i open membership again for 48 hours so if you look on the website now and in 48 hours it will be possible to become a member and listen to the rest of the conversation so let's have a look at that r&r vocab which i didn't really have time to highlight during the episode but let's have a look so at the beginning i said that john has blown me out of the water in the mr italy competition So when you blow someone out of the water, you win easily, let's say. I then mentioned how I'm not sure if Mr. Italy will stick. So when a nickname sticks, you keep using it. For example, Boom Boom Cannon, a podcast regular, that name stuck. So we still use that today. We spoke how when someone says happy Sunday to you and it's only Saturday, it's throws you it kind of confuses you of like what the hell's going on and then if you say uh, sorry it's only saturday you end up with egg on your face you end up looking stupid because that's not what they were saying they were not saying oh i think it's sunday today they are just wishing you a happy sunday for the next day um john mentioned how after three months of not studying when students go back it's not pretty a lovely term it's not pretty it's not good and then i said yeah you have to go back to square one so back to the beginning john also mentioned how when he went to england that everyone was just so miserable and petty if you are petty you pay attention too much attention to all of the stupid little details the rules you say look don't be so petty just stop being an idiot um he also mentioned what you are outnumbered in italy when talking about the fact that you can die if you jump in the water after eating. You are outnumbered. There are more of other people than you. Um, He also mentioned that someone always knows someone who stepped in a puddle and exploded. So a puddle is when it rains, you have puddles on the floor. 
We also spoke about old wives tales. Now, these are the things that your grandmother's grandmother told her and they get passed down through generations that old wives speak about old wives tales. And he also mentioned there is always a kernel of truth. Lovely word there, a kernel of truth, like a small bit of truth in these things. And there we have it. And just on that fact, um, that term, a kernel of truth is a quite common term, not something I would ever say. So this is why we have other people on the podcast, because each person, even if John and I speak the same language, he obviously uses different words to me. So this is the point of bringing people on the podcast. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. Remember to check out John. I will put all of his links in in the show notes. So go to the website to look at the latest podcast episode. Remember, if you want to listen to the rest of the episode, go to rockandrollenglish.com slash family and you can become a member and listen to 900 extra episodes, but only for the next 48 hours. That's all for today. I will see you again in two weeks. But in the meantime, just keep on rocking, baby. Thanks so much for listening to Rock and Roll English. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit rockandrollenglish.com and facebook.com slash rockandrollenglish. We'll catch you next time.